The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is a CW Spiral, a podcast run by two Barchies and a Bughead. We're your hosts, Sabrina Reed, Michael Patterson, and Reed Gowden. Bringing you history about the network, the latest news, and in-depth spoiler-filled discussions of some of our favorite shows on the CW. Okay, so um, welcome to a Doomsday Podcast, because we have finally gotten news, though not the news we wanted, but we are apparently in a new CW era as news came through the pipeline about the fall schedule about what shows are going to be coming uh, we're going to start of course with the cancellation news we received last week which is that kung fu is no longer going to be on the cw and that they did shop the series but it's not going to be picked up anywhere else so season three is actually the last season of kung fu that's a shame but i mean like are any of us surprised at this point um you could be the number one show on this network and we'd still not be surprised if it's not picked up heck that might be in our future who knows but um kung apparently kung fu ended quite well like if they were prepared for a potential series finale and that's ultimately how it turned out so good job to them for seeing the sign writing on the wall but like it's sad for the cast that was such a positive show it was one of the big three when it debuted with superman and lois and walker i know the ratings fell off but like it was still quite popular it's just such a shame but nothing's nothing's completely unpredictable with his network at this point anymore i know i and when a fan said that it was olivia's birthday though i was like, i'm so sure that wasn't purposeful but my goodness like the birthday is supposed to be peaceful and that was <laughs> <Yeah>. not peaceful <laughs> <laughs> they could have waited to the next day like they haven't made any announcements since but then we also got news about the winchesters at the same time and that has been canceled as well they are aggressively shopping the show uh You've probably seen hashtag save the Winchesters on Twitter. It's been trending, I believe, every day. The cast and Jensen have been releasing videos and trying to talk up uh, or drum up excitement for a season two and get, I'm assuming they're looking for streamers to to pick up the show and not a network because I don't see, the networks are closed for business. So the only door open is streamers. I I really want to know what, one aggressively means two what the talks are like what the goal is i just want to know i have no opinion or judgment to share i just want to know <laughs> like what are we what what's the goal what's the goal post is it just a trend to be like look we did it or is it is there something actually like tangible and attainable that's what i want to know 
And it is interesting because we have something to compare it to because they knew they saw the writing on the wall with Kung Fu and quietly tried to shop it around. And I'm like, why wouldn't you see the writing on the wall with the Winchesters as well? I feel like if you own a show that was on the CW, you should have seen the writing on the wall and hopefully tried to shop it behind the scenes. So if they did that for Kung Fu, what makes them think the Winchesters stands a better chance? I'm rooting for it. I hope it gets there. But it, the, the use of the word aggressively, it's not something you hear quite often. We go through the same motions every year. Uh, studios try to shop and it doesn't pan out and that's that but warner brothers of all places aren't committed to this show so i'm rooting for it i hope it can happen just it's nice to see cw shows live in this day and age even if it's not on the cw i know we talked about this many pods ago um just brought up the question like are it what kind of show what shows are deserving i think deserving is the big word there like does everything need to be saved does everything need to end perfectly the way it needs to the way people think it should we had that discussion and I've been thinking about it a lot right now and with these recent cancellations and the save your the show campaigns again I have not reached any conclusions it's just something I'm mulling over mm. that might be a controversial take but um just thinking about it, considering it. Yeah, well, because it's the it, the consideration of the direction the series is going to be going in, right? So I know that the three of us felt that the Winchesters ended on a note that felt like a series finale. Jensen is saying they had five seasons planned, that they want to somehow make this an avenue to do a supernatural revival in some capacity. There's been talks about that, but that would be a, like a far down the line sort of thing. Like, I don't know what John and Mary's next story would be, or if they had one in the tank, if that's what they're aggressively shopping. They're like, no, there's still, there's still room here for this show to grow. Walker Independence is also being aggressively shopped in there is, again, no explanation for what aggressively means. That series also could have served as a series finale, though it had more, I think, gas in the tank for mm -hmm. a second season, considering how it ended with Tom's father coming, and we don't know how that would have panned out. But again, if it didn't return, it ended solidly. I'd like to see it return. I, I love Walker Independence. I want to stay and go back to Independence, Texas. But it's definitely not happening on the CW. I guess HBO Max and Paramount Plus, where are you? If you're interested, uh, let them know. Uh, but that is like, that's it for cancellation news and renewal news, because we're still on the bubble for Superman and Lois, All-American Homecoming, and Gotham Knights, and might be for a little bit longer. Brad Swartz did say today, which today's Thursday, May 18th, for everyone who's curious, uh, that they are going to make a decision sooner or later. It, they're just looking at the budget for 2024 and they love all three shows, but one of the criteria for remaining on the CW is being able to make a profit for the network and not just the studios, which is why Superman and Lois seems to be on shaky ground despite having high viewership. That's infuriating to me. I know it's that's how business works and everything, but with why are we waiting until the last minute to make a decision that sounds inevitable at this point? Um, and also how silly would it look if you're trying to launch a new era and you cancel your most watched show and yes based off the last five or six weeks Superman at Lois is officially the CW's most watched show at the moment so 
I don't understand the thinking behind that. I get from the business standpoint, you got to make some money, but maybe there are conversations going on behind the scenes and that's why it's taking so long. There has to be a happy medium there because you can't launch a whole new chapter of your network and lose like half the viewership because so many people won't be there coming back for your most watched show. That's, that's arguably the most crucial advertising slot throughout the whole season. And now they may not have it because they'll no longer have the show on the air. It doesn't make sense, especially when this the, this new CW, according to Dennis Miller, was uh, all about the quality of programming and quality programming that makes you think things and feel things. And Superman and Lois is doing all of that. And I feel like Brad did address that by saying that it's creatively very strong. But if it's all about money, I'm not sure where this network's future could go because it could just be a heap of random shows stuck together that might might turn a little bit of a profit here or there. There's no identity in that. And if there's one thing the CW has been known for, it's its identity. Now it's being considered the acquisition network, which is like, I mean, if people have been making jokes and changing the name of the CW, the what the CW stands for around. I mean, it is kind of funny, but it also is heartbreaking because in all honesty, I feel worse than I did during McCullen of last mm-hmm. year. It just feels like a completely different network. I feel like this is a good time to just launch into the fall schedule. Uh, I'm not going to apologize for our spiciness in this pod for everyone who's listening, <laughs> because it just feels like the energy in the room is not positive and it's not going to be. But this is the fall schedule. So all American Mondays are done. You have All American season six in the 8 p.m. slot. So 64th Street is going to be in a 9 p.m. slot, and it follows Moses Johnson, a promising Black high school athlete who is swept up into the infamously corrupt Chicago criminal justice system. Taken by the police as a supposed gang member, he finds himself in the eye of the storm as cops and prosecutors seek revenge for the death of an officer during a drug bust gone wrong. It is being described as a courtroom drama. It used to be on AMC before they canceled it. Uh, They had already filmed the second season, so what CW has acquired is the first season, which will air in the fall, and then the second season will air sometime in 2024. Did we ever think we'd get to the stage where an AMC show would be on the CW? Ever? It's interesting. It is. Uh, this is, I mean, this would be what the second courtroom drama, except like totally different vibe than family law. <laughs> <laughs> totally, <laughs> totally. But it's coming back too. So they like the courtroom dramas. I know. Uh, and then Tuesday is no longer a superhero block, it is a comedy block starting at 8 p.m. We'll have Son of a Critch. Run the Burbs, which is also airing in the summer. Uh, Children ruin everything and everyone else burns. Read this is not what you said you wanted for a comedy block. <laughs> I know. I, I've always wanted the CW to do comedy again, like half hour sitcoms. And I hate to bite the hand that feeds. <laughs> this isn't what I meant. <laughs> no, it's just so, it's so weird. I mean, it is half hour comedies. But why the Tuesday superhero block? I realize that they're like sunsetting superhero dramas, but traditionally Tuesdays are for genre fair and comedy is not a part of that. I think it might, Tuesday might, I mean, I don't know. All the other schedules are a hot mess as well, but Tuesday might be the safest night for comedy compared Mm -hmm. to other. I mean, I would say there's string clear of Wednesday because of Abbott, but Abbott's not coming back in the fall. So... 
I guess Tuesday, if they wanted to leave All-American put it Monday, Tuesday's their next best bet for comedy. I have no idea. Well, it's strange, though, because Tuesdays is the procedural fair, right? Like, everyone is locked up at CBS watching the FBI shows. Mm -hmm. Counter-programming, I guess. I guess. And, like, it's it feels like I, it's a lot of the programming that's on on Tuesday nights, like Son of a Crutch, for example, sounds like some of the ones are really trying to push for this network. They're looking for that shit's Creek and whatever. So it feels like they went, oh, we get so many viewers on a Tuesday night. Let's salt cram them all in there. And like people are not tuning into the CW on Tuesday nights because they're tuning into the CW. They're tuning into the programming that's on the CW on Tuesday nights. So I think going from a hard pivot from superhero dramas to half-hour sitcoms on Tuesdays, not the wisest of ideas. We need some familiarity to reel back in audiences. Not sure this is that. I don't know. Watch it work out. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> and then Wednesday is at 8 p.m. It'll be Sullivan's Crossing. And at 9, it'll be the Spencer Sisters, which is a procedural of some sorts. Um, I am not excited. I'm not excited at all. I, I've tried to be, and it's just not working. I wouldn't say excited is the word. I think Wednesday is the lesser of the evils of this seven of the seven time slots or just like seven days. I'm sorry, we're CW spiraling in a big way. So like <laughs> my brain is foggy. I'm trying to talk. <laughs> um, but yeah, like and also like on paper, these are both the kind of shows that fit my taste like more than the others. So like if I'm watching anything. I'll taste test the Wednesday night block on the CW in the fall. That's true. Mm -hmm. But like, I'm, I don't, excitement isn't the word I would use. Like, I mean, Sullivan's Crossing is coming back, is coming, premiering probably September, October. And that's right when Virgin River premieres. So I'm going to be on like romantic drama overload. <laughs> and then, I mean, the Spencer sisters seems cute. I really like Leah Thompson. So, I mean, I mean, that's all I got. I don't know. Okay, so just to give a description for the Spencer sisters, it follows a mother and daughter, du daughter duo who team up to start a private detective agency. So one of them is a mystery novelist. That's Victoria Spencer and her daughter Darby. They're often mistaken as sisters as they tackle puzzling cases. Hence the name but of the show. See, see, I do feel like Wednesdays is a night I could care about. I marginally could care about. It's not going to be my favorite night on network TV, but like that has something for me in it. I'll have to wait and see if I actually like it. But like if it's not superheroes, it's this. So I guess I'll give it a try. <laughs> well, like out of these two shows, like out of the two shows in the lineup that they've acquired, I mean, this is the most likely for us as a trio to be like, mm -hmm. Well, I mean, we're certainly going to watch the premieres, but perhaps we'll even go further and watch other episodes if we do like it. It is the only, it's the only thing for us. Mm -hmm. I just. <laughs> I feel like if you took all of our, like what we like, there's ingredients in that night alone that might, might make us interested in Wednesday. There's some, perhaps something in that for all of us. I don't know how much, whether it'll be something we'll actually like, but I mean, at this rate, we'll take anything. Yeah, the rest of the week isn't gonna do it mm -mm. no because thursday is fboy island day which strangely they're doing the encore for it first and then they're going to do new episodes of season three i don't know if that means come the fall they'll have like a two-hour block of fboy island 
where it's like a, a two-hour premiere or something because what are we on growing the season two finale like what's happening yeah it's probably going to be a two-hour premiere or like a i couldn't even begin to guess it <laughs> <laughs> but like we piloted this system with the winchesters this season and it flopped dramatically wasn't and it ju- thursdays as well was it isn't that was no, that Tuesdays, 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 Tuesdays okay. yes. So there's another example of them wasting the big superhero slot. 8pm slot was just a typical rerun. And then they had the new episode on at 9 o'clock. It flopped. It lasted three weeks. The Winchester's ratings plummeted and they moved it back to the early time slot. Dropped the rerun format altogether. So who in the right mind looked at that and thought, you know what, let's launch one of our new shows by doing the exact same thing. I mean, where's the logic, people? It's not in the room. It's not in the room <laughs> with us. I, I, and maybe we'll be proven wrong. Come the, I don't see how though we'll know when we start seeing TV lines TV ratings if this works mm-hmm. in their favor, uh, and then Friday is uh, Friday through Saturday is kind of the typical fare that everyone's used to. You have Penn and Teller at eight, and you have Whose Line Is It Anyway at nine, and then on Saturday you have Masters of Illusion, and then you have World's Funniest Animals. Like everyone's used to that. That's not mm-hmm. a change in the schedule. Uh, if you're used to watching those shows on Friday and Saturday, you are the only ones happy right now. That yeah. is the All-American fandom, uh, mm-hmm. as far as the flagship show. Still waiting on the All-American Homecoming news. <laughs> but do you know what? I do not care about those shows, and yet my heart was so warm reading that. I'm happy to see some sense of familiarity on the schedule. Mm-hmm. Like, I know they said that Friday they were going to reconfigure for Unscripted, right? And, like, this looks a lot like what Fridays used to look like on TV. Like, when we were growing up, it was either, like, they dump comedies, or it would be, like, random unscripted stuff and then it became like the death slot supposedly in quotes but then I feel like the CW kind of reclaimed the Friday nights like Dynasty on Friday nights was so much fun I came like I know they moved it to Fridays from did it premiere on Monday nights when it first premiered and they moved it to Fridays and we were like oh Dynasty sucks it's gonna get canceled it's on Fridays and then it stayed there for the rest of its run and it kind of made Friday like a celebration in my mind at least and now that it's back to just like i mean no shade to penn and teller whose line like i'm sure it has their fans and i'm sure they're very talented and funny things are happening in those shows but i'm still just sad mm-hmm. what they took from us they took dynasty fridays from us nancy fridays charmed wasn't charmed on fridays i believe it was so. wasn't it because fun Fridays are, are gone. <laughs> didn't we drag them because when Charm was gone, they were airing Penn and Teller, I think, before Dynasty. And we were like, for what reason? Mm-hmm. Could the best of both worlds. <laughs> <laughs> the best of no worlds. <laughs> and then on Sunday, uh, they're doing I Am, which is a film series of documentaries. So it'll be films on like Bruce Lee, on John F. Kennedy, uh, yeah. running from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. So if you are a documentary person, this will be the night for you. I'm intrigued by that. It's quite different. So, uh, I mean, I'll take anything at this point, but it's 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 something different. It's not just scripted or unscripted in the sense that this network, well, this new version of the network is used to. I don't hate it. I'm pretty sure it's going up against ABC's Wonderful World of Disney. So mm. oh. good luck. Yeah, more power to you on that one. Because the APC has the families locked up there. Uh, <laughs> the babies have the remote control and they will not be relinquishing it. <laughs> uh, let's see. So for mid-season, and this is disappointing news for the Walker fans, season four is being held until 2024. I'm assuming that's because they want to slide it into Thursdays and keep it there, but they want to do F-Boy Island first. 
but that also makes me scared because F Girl Island is being saved for the midseason. So there's counter programming and there's nonsense. I hope that they don't do Walker F Girl Island. <laughs> <laughs> that would be an interesting Thursday. <laughs> it's just, yeah. I'm sorry I spoke that into the universe, but judging, <laughs> <laughs> judging on how delete, done the delete, delete. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't put it past them, but maybe you... has Walker been on Thursdays for its whole run? I want to say it was. Because maybe they move it to Wednesdays to heartwarming family programming night. Oh. Sullivan and Spencer sisters ends. They could do that. I hope they do that. Mole, take that back. I know we don't, we're probably not going to have a lot of messages anymore for you, Mole, but take that one to the desk. Yeah. Yeah, the Mole probably quit. Okay, and then uh, to to wrap this part of the pod up, there are some shows that we should talk about because they are in production. Brad did say that they have 70 things in development in production, uh, some of which is, oh, what was it, about 10 or so is, no, 12 is scripted and 15 is unscripted. And we got some news on what that is. So there's Joan, which is a six-part jewel thief drama starring Sophie Turner. No one would have saw that one coming. Mm-hmm. Looks like it's going to be great. (laughs) (laughs) And it's set in the 80s, so we're doing another period piece. Apparently, CW loves them. Do you know, I just want to say that. That sounds fun. That sounds exciting. And I think I would tune into that. I just think if I found this news out about six months ago, I'd be far more excited about it. It's just very hard to get excited about the network with all we knew today. Yeah, I can't believe they saved that. Like, there's a photo. Like, it's in production. How did they keep it so secret? Right. Like I'm, in, I'm impressed, but also annoyed that we didn't know about this. <laughs> I know. I mean, it is, it seems like 2024 is probably going to be a safer bet for us three uh, as as far as shows that we'd be tuning into. I don't know. How do y'all feel about the Librarian spinoff called The Next Chapter? This one, just to I give know, a thing. I know that um, fans love the librarians, I feel like. Like, it has a fandom. I've never watched it, but mm-hmm. I'm excited for the fans. And it seems like if you're going to do anything, like, doing something that people like mm-hmm. is a good mm-hmm. option. So I'm not mad at that. I probably won't watch. Maybe I will. I don't know. But I just, I have no prior knowledge of the show. I think that's a great point. Um, This network is losing a lot of its established audiences. So perhaps trying to appeal to one, even if it's not one they're familiar with, is a good idea. Um. I hope it brings in some viewers. Like I said, the scripted stuff next year sounds far more exciting to me. And we, I hope we're still excited by the time we get there. But um, that that caught me by surprise. It's nice to know there's a network still doing scripted stuff. I knew we knew it was in a conversation and they'd be having it at some point in time. But uh, the future seems a little brighter as far as uh, spring goes. <laughs> the fall's darkness, total darkness out there. But hopefully the spring will be a little bit brighter. Maybe we'll have fun in the summer sun next year. Maybe like so the at least with the librarians it it's a genre you know mm-hmm. we do have a librarian from the past who gets stuck in the present and inadvertently releases magic across the continent when he's at his castle that is now a museum like that sounds like it could be something that a lot of people who tune into the CW would watch as mm-hmm. well as bringing in a new audience. My heart is not here with the schedule or the programming. <laughs> 
<laughs> I want it to be, but it it is not. Movie to be unscripted series that are also on the table. There's The Great American Bakeover that is a working title. No, it is not a baking competition. It is a they're calling it a bakeover. So it's like a makeover for small town bakeries who are struggling and need some type of revamp in order to keep their doors open. Yeah, it seems like bar rescue for um bakery or isn't kitchen nightmares a thing is that what that show's about it yes but i feel like great american bakeover is going to be more wholesome wholesome than like no one's going to be yelling in the kitchen like gordon ramsay about like mm-hmm. nastiness on the side of the stuff yeah the, the, the title is like great american you assume somebody's baking something the bakeover i love the wordplay it doesn't really make sense until you know the, the premise so like maybe like <laughs> bake me over or something I don't know. <laughs> Something cute, something fun, something sugary, right? Like, we need something. Uh, it's like they're trying to, like, trick us into thinking it's the great British bake-off. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> I had to Which, say that since it's a big thing. <laughs> I mean, can't blame them for trying that tactic. Mm-hmm. They need to go back to the, like, workshop. It. Let's do it again. I do think it's a working title, so perhaps come 2024, we'll have a new, like, moniker and a new name for it. I think it needs one, so we don't mislead. This is not clickbait titles. It's a show that's going to air. <laughs> and then there's The Force, which is an unscripted procedure, unscripted, unscripted procedural uh, that is going to be about a group of law enforcement. That is all they gave us for information. So I have no idea what type of um, ride-along-esque thing they're going to be doing if it's even like that or if it's going to be like the firefighting show that's supposed to be coming to NBC that is also unscripted I'm not sure Hmm. yeah maybe it'll be more like those Netflix hospital documentary series Hmm. I was expecting like dash cam footage like old school cop stuff but I guess we'll find out (laughs) what direction it is it might be that I mean because there's nothing there in the description they could it could be so many things but it's called the force so it not star wars i was just gonna say that (laughs) (laughs) may the force be wet (laughs) and then lastly we are once again hopping into the dating fair uh with patty stranger millionaire matchmaking i believe it's exactly what it says on the tin patty strange is stranger is going to try to put millionaire singles together and that is the premise of the show. I have no opinion on that show. <laughs> I've not been. Like it sounds like <laughs> yeah. You guys, we're so tired. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Can, can, on that note, can I just say this? They're going on and on about how the CW is finally a broadcast network. But correct me if I'm wrong. In your opinions, do the other broadcast networks not have a specific identity? And I feel like the CW right now is in an identity crisis, not because it's not like the old CW, but because none of these shows go together. There's no kind of like through line in the way that a broadcast networks supposed to have, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like the CW that it became in its golden era was like you know she was in middle school she was fun she was expressing herself like you know she's wearing scrunchies colorful clothes and then she got now we're in high school and she's like ew who was i she's (laughs) like 
trying to fit in with the popular girls in school. Like, it just feels so sanitized and like, I don't know. I just don't like some of the quotes and I'm going to be completely honest. I'm not going to repeat them or say who said them, but there have been quotes that have just like stung me. It's sort of just like, it's trying to like belittle the legacy of the network and saying what like, oh, it's finally a broadcast network for a broadcast audience. I'm like, I, 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 I reject that wholeheartedly. Mm. It just it doesn't, it just doesn't sit right with me. No, because and- it's, we love the network. It, it feels like it's like pandering to everybody who had already spoken badly about the CW. And now it's like, oh, if you always wanted to watch this network, but you didn't, you couldn't find content for yourself because they were doing that over there. Here's everything that like we're going to show you that you're really going to tune into. It's just like the other broadcast networks. Like that was the point. It wasn't. It was the little network that could. That was also like, yes, she had the credit card. She was swiping away, but she was so fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and. I know I'm here as like the Arrowverse expert and go on about superhero shows, but I was watching this network or the shows this network produced long before that. Um, the, the Vampire Diaries was huge in the UK. WWE's Friday Night Smackdown, obviously at Hot Network Network, but again, watched that uh, Secret Circle. All of these great, this great content that the CW produced um, and it, it had its own identity back then. Then it morphed into the superhero like a hub and it had its own identity then. But these shows have such an incredible legacy, not just in the US, but worldwide. And so it really bothers me now that they're like that the CWs find itself and it's going to be like a broadcast network for a broadcast audience. And no, it's been that all along. Those shows might have blown up on international markets, but that was long before the days of streaming. CW wasn't just built to be a streaming hub. It was built to entertain people on the night and then people around the world. There's no reason it still couldn't have been doing that, but obviously things didn't pan out that way. But to belittle the legacy like that was a little too far because it wouldn't, it would, the, the fact of the matter remains, it may not have been built to be a profitable broadcast network, but it wouldn't still be a broadcast network if it wasn't successful at what it was doing. If people were losing money on it, it wouldn't be a broadcast network. Warner Brothers and CBS made all the money back from the international deals and all that. That's fine. But it had an identity. It was a broadcast network and it's it was super successful. It could still bring in up to 5 million viewers, which is more than current broadcast networks were bringing in in its head. So why are we belittling what came before it? You know what I mean? I did that no one's excited for this direction it's going. And so why are we why are we throwing shade at the past? We should be more concerned about what's happening in the future. It just feels like posturing and unearned bravado. And I know like since the beginning of this podcast when like the sale was happening and like we heard the rumblings about what was going to happen. Like we expected this, like we knew it was coming and we kept saying like, oh, we're going to, you know, we just want to see what it's going to look like. Now we know we're here. This is the future which we've been talking about for over a year and it's still jarring. It's still a lot to take in. Um, just because we knew it was happening doesn't make it any easier to, you know, see it in black and white in front of us in a schedule and be like, oh, one, one show. Okay. One, one show from the CW stands. Got it. Okay. It's just a lot. Mm -hmm. It's the schedule shook me. Like, I mean, it's like you said, it's one thing to know it's about to happen. It's another thing to be in the storm of it happening. And it's just like. How did we go from 
like a robust roster of scripted originals to All-American opening the week and then everything else never been on the CW before with exception to the weekend programming from Friday to Saturday like it's just honestly appalling like it just feels mm -hmm. it doesn't feel good it, it just it just feels like it they, out with the old and with the new in a very jarring way I, I don't like it I feel it's different from when, you know, there was rumblings. Remember when The Vampire Diaries was dropping and everyone wasn't quite used to um, more genre stuff being on the CW. And they're like, no, this is the home of like teen dramas and rich folks. And y'all want to be like showing blood and biting necks. And like, but that was like one program. We're talking about an entire decimation of a legacy to make room for acquisitions. And there's, I have nothing against these shows. They no. are probably wonderful. Their creators and teams and cast, probably some of the best people. Nothing, like I am happy that they are going to be able to be brought to a new audience to be, have more people enjoy their programming. I just wish we didn't have to lose ours to make room for it. Mm -hmm. There's room for both emotions to be happy for these shows and creators and the talented people that are going to be on the network, but also feel like we lost a lot to get to this point. <laughs> mm -hmm. And those initial reports said that there could be between two and three shows left on the network of the original US originals. But now the fact that only one of them, now don't get me wrong, maybe the uh, the gods will be kind to us in All-American Homecoming, Gotham Knights and Superman and Lois will all be renewed, which means we'd have four CW originals to look forward to next season or mid-season with Walker included. But like the fact that only one of them ended up in the fall is that like we went last this last season has been considered the transitional period and even that was like a hard pill to swallow it was kind of tough getting used to some of the stuff particularly last fall because outside of like Stargirl and can't even remember anything else that happened in the fall but honestly All American might not even premiere in the fall yeah oh, really the, honestly because the yeah. there's a strike still happening and it is expected to go through the summer so at this point the, that's just them crossing their fingers Mm -hmm. that they're True. gonna have all american on mondays in the fall that could be mid-season for all we know too and so that we have a there's the potential of there being no <laughs> cw original series actual cw carryovers in the fall yeah but like mm. if it's i don't know that, if we all like accepted that until this moment but i know <laughs> my heart fell so i'm not like <laughs> but like if if it's for that reason, it would be understandable because ABC is obviously in a similar predicament with their entirely unscripted slate. And they got to drag up and down the timeline for that schedule, but I feel mm -hmm. like it's it's bad in a different way. Because I I looked at the schedule, and I was like, oh, not as bad as ABC, but I'm like, those are these are different conversations and different nightmare scenarios. <laughs> I, I don't even want to get into ABC's schedule, but I mean, it's, the, the jokes that have been on the timeline have been really funny. <laughs> say that much <laughs> but like they, they at least had a sense of familiarity and like dancing with the stars or whatever like if the cw had a program like that that they were bringing back or rescuing from a streamer so that they had something on the fall nobody would have a problem with that it just it all feels so alien right now and like you just said we might lose all american in the fall which would make it even more alien we like reed said earlier we were prepared for a change and we got that change last season and even though we were prepared for it this change feels like an even harder pivot. So there's just no, no matter what you prepare yourself for, you're still hit with it in the face because you're like, wow, this isn't the CW anymore. And like, 
they might be celebrating it. I'm not sure that's something worth celebrating. The CW might have gotten dragged up and down the timeline for its own unique identity or teeny shows or low budgets or whatever, but it was a successful model. What we've got in front of us is one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen in my life. And I mean, good for them. I hope it works out, but like, it's going to be an uphill battle. I know earlier this week I was tin hatting when we didn't get the Nancy um, trailer. I was like, what if they're holding it for fall? And obviously, I guess they're not. But looking at the schedule, I'm like, I could have waited a few more months for Nancy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just have some sort of familiarity in the fall. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. There's, there is nothing. I just, when I'm thinking about like, you know, big promo pushes for the networks, if they're able to do them, because again, the writer's strike is happening. Everybody else on television is going to be gathering with their network families to be doing different promotional cycles. And then for CW, <clears throat> it's all American. Everybody, yeah. else, like none of the rest of the programming, like they don't know those folks. <laughs> yeah, there's no cohesion. There's no community anymore. These Some of these shows have aired months or years ago. You can't get any of them in the same room. It, and the other ones are like Canadian. Like I think all American, if they're going to do cross promotion with the cast from 61st Street, probably but you can't because the cast contracts have expired so it's not like they can do season three it's not like they can count on these cast members to even promote the show (laughs) like they're not attached to the show anymore they're just airing it (laughs) maybe they might get a nice note from courtney Vance, (laughs) (laughs) like a tweet oh the show's airing (laughs) after all american check out this young man Doing his best on the football field. See ya, nine. Like, this is like the end of him. <laughs> it makes me There's really... There's just, like, no incentive to promote mm-hmm. the show, really. It just makes me feel so nostalgic for the days of when you had all the casts in those, like, moody alleyways and the, for the pro- TV promos. And I said, watch the CW this season or whatever. And now now like... we have a, a, a shady promo reel that has the new <laughs> CW. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> shows no one knows. <laughs> like they're all Canadian. <laughs> like, like I'm just. I will not be baited by Chad Michael Murray's arm. Said to Sabrina earlier this morning. <laughs> you can start that promo with Chad Michael Murray, but I will not. <laughs> that thumbnail is so funny though, because it's just him. I was like, yes, we do know that's Lucas Scott. Mm-hmm. We're still mad. <laughs> it, it, he's Edgar Everett Ever to me right now. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm telling myself. <laughs> They don't mind using the legacy of the network to promote their new trailer outside of that. It's, oh, oh, I will not, I will not take the bait. It's <laughs> Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Uh, Alright, so moving from our anger, our anger about the CW to our what, our, I sound like a pirate, R. <laughs> <laughs> That's my accent through and through, R. <laughs> uh, to our, Michael, would you describe it as bitterness? Are we still bitter or are we apathetic at this point? Do you know what, ever? Sorry, frustrated. I haven't said that's the right word. Um, Do you know what? After everything we've gone through over today, I'm actually so excited just to talk about The Flash. So excited. Um, 
it's not that bad in hindsight now. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, it was another decent episode that ticked all the boxes of what it was supposed to do, and yet completely out of place in the back half of a final season. So, would, would, you, would you agree with that? I would. It was another talking episode, but this time there was plot momentum. It just didn't. It didn't move me. I I, uh, I know that this episode came after some quotes from Eric talking about like the the actors' performances and how well they've been doing these last uh, few episodes of the series, and it's it's really been wonderful to watch them do new things. And like, yeah, it is, but the writing. It's not there to support what we are doing in the scene. I mean, I think the the breakout stars of this episode certainly are the actor who plays Eddie and then Jessica Parker Kennedy. Like they mm-hmm. were, did um, stellar jobs. It felt like episode eight in a 15 episode season. Uh, if episode eight wasn't the mid-season finale or something, like it just didn't feel didn't do much for me but the eddie parts were were interesting to a point it, it, they were it, it it definitely has an element of being full circle although like we said last week maybe it came a little bit too late but um yeah i agree i feel like the episode was very poorly structured because again we spent the first half of it with barry missing iris off screen um that woman is per woman is in labor and all of team flash abandoned her so they could find barry um <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so they were all searching like there was no urgency whatsoever fi- trying to find Barry um, and then Nora in the future had to do the whole like oh my god Eddie Thawne's alive big letdown because when Barry finally saw Eddie he never asked the questions you're supposed to ask he was never like is it really you because the writing team was like we already did that with Nora and I'm like yeah, but they didn't have a conversation the emotional reunion here should have been between Barry and Eddie and we had all the logic thrown out the window because we did all that with Nora. So we're like, we're not doing it again with Barry. So that scene felt very rushed to me. However, Grant Gustin and uh, Rick Cosnett, who plays Eddie, absolutely acted their hearts out to make it feasible. And it, it did, it paid off in the end. It was an amazing scene. But yeah, we spent the first episode, first half of the episode with new team Flash trying to find Barry. Um, and of course, of course, they're like, how do we do that? Well, he's wedded to the year, the year 2049 and we can't, don't have any time travelers upon us. So the only person who could possibly do that is, of course, Cecile. So um, Cecile decides to project her consciousness into 2049 Cecile's body. Makes sense. Um, <laughs> it does not. Um, and uh, of course, when she wakes up in her 2049 body, she's like, damn, I look good and i'm like she's supposed to be 80 but she doesn't look good um which of course let's now let's now talk about the big elephant in the room the flash is currently in 2023 and we've zoomed all the way to 2049 and everyone looks exactly the same that is not how aging works and i know superman at lois has done the same thing because when we flash back to clark and lois 20 years ago they still look the same and that's fine but it's easier to make look someone look younger than it is to make them look older and they didn't address it the flash actually went out of its way to address it by having nora say oh my god eddie thon's alive and he looks exactly the same and i'm like no really everybody looks exactly the same why did we have that line of dialogue in it um I just think that was one of the biggest plot holes Um, because, yeah, Cecile is supposed to be in, what, her 50s, maybe 60s now, and we're zooming 26 years into the future. 
So this woman would be in her late seventies or eighties. No, I'm impressed with that math you just did. Off <laughs> well, she's like forties, <laughs> right? Maybe, maybe fifties. Uh, somewhere in around there. I mean, the point stands that she would have aged. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And uh, so she's apparently future Cecile's getting her new super suit. So when present Cecile finds herself in her mind, she's all excited to get the new super suit. And it's like any typical superhero suit, slinky, shiny super suit. And she is moving in that suit. She is exercising her mind. Age has not affected her in the slightest. Same could be said for Chester and Allegra, who would probably be in their 40s or 50s and yet still look like they're in their early 20s. And you're like, and then, of course, then, of course, the big issue, they actually went to the effort to put the white wig on Iris. Um, so bad. What I'm is the so point? mad about it. Why did we age Iris and have this poor woman looking older than Cecile when <laughs> Cecile's supposed to be in her 70s or 80s? I just, I know we've gotten far too hung up on this, but good Lord, there was there was a strategy to this and that was not it. This season has made, in like, choices <laughs> right from what i hear it's just like the choices that are made mostly are so random they it is oh you know what we should also things that are random in this episode but also hilarious so eddie the way the um the negative speed force convinces him to go evil is by dropping catnip for him which would be to have a life with iris and to have a catnip? daughter, yeah, it's like a little catnip, just like sprinkle it in there for him to 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 get. I have cats. This is just what my mind went. To. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good name literal catnip. Like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> but he um, so they had Nora, but blonde. They put a a blonde wig, a, a short pixie cut on Jessica Parker Kennedy, so that she could be Eddie's daughter. And I was like, I know Eddie is going through. And he's hearing voices and his mind is slipping, but it did not stop him to think, hmm, it is strange that even if I'm the person who's with Iris, I would have a daughter who looks exactly like Barry's daughter. Not, nothing happened. I was just like, I know we couldn't afford another actress, but couldn't we have just put forward the idea of having another daughter could we not have had a baby on set i just it confused it didn't confuse me it more <laughs> just made me laugh and took me out of the story because there's just not enough meat on that bone it's not even the same eddie so why is he so attached to the idea that he would have had a baby and a life and a wonderful marriage with iris with no proof of that nonsense I was going to say it makes no sense but it's literal nonsense his daughter would not have looked like Nora um, I don't know um, and then she, she then fake Nora with the blonde wig was like come to me and then real Nora saved the day but Eddie recognized real Nora from the time she was back in the past wow um, <laughs> <laughs> which she shouldn't have because it was they had what a minute interaction i mean the memory must be wonderful right yeah if i talk to you for five minutes and it's been like what's supposed to be in his world 10 years 20 years yeah. i'm not i'm so sorry we're not gonna no and what did you say eddie died 34 years ago and yet everyone looks exactly like they did in season one i'm i'm sorry what um uh, and then sorry before we i really need to let the aging thing go but <laughs> but um when old, uh, older Iris met younger Barry, because Barry, the, our present day, Barry was moved to 2049. He's like 
going all through the timeline and against as well. Present day Barry ended up in 2049 and they had Iris with the uh, the wig, of course. And um, she was like, wow, it's been so long since I've seen you look like this. I was like, why? Every, nobody else aged. Why would Barry have aged? Um, it's <laughs> nonsense. Um, it was nice. To, of course, they had to write old Barry off because they would have actually had to age him since they wrote that into the dialogue. But um, so he was off on the Watchtower with the Justice League, apparently, which that was and that was a lovely, like, nice little reference. The DC fan and me was going, oh, the Watchtower exists. That's cool. Um, but yeah, why would the Flash leave Central City um, in the hands of Chester and Allegra and Cecile? Notice there was no uh, there was no key owner Frost or anything. So I guess uh, something's going to happen with that storyline in the present. Um, but yeah, this episode was messy. Lots, lots and lots and lots of potential, but messy. Wait, so I've been, you guys teased that there was a song. Yes, please. And I've been, that's all I've wanted to know is the song. So basically, you know, the plot of the episode was the negative speed force was trying to get Eddie to be its avatar because it's basically had Barry Allen stole your life and now he's got the speed force. We can give you the negative speed force. You can go back in time, make Iris your wife, have Nora with the blonde wig as your daughter and have Barry's life, take it back from him. Um, and of course the negative speed force is like the blue diamond and we know Eddie's going to become cobalt blue but at the same time he's feeling super blue about what's going on with Iris so of course the very on the nose musical moment at the end was a very moody cover of Elton John's classic I guess that's why they call it the blues Um, oh right (laughs) I've never heard that song really I haven't either but also that's not (laughs) what that was giving in the scene it wasn't who do I do we know who the cover artist was? I tried to just... Shazam it twice and it said it didn't recognize it. So okay. no. <laughs> it sounded like something a Milk and Heat would do. And then I was very it sounded like cacophony. Like it was just he's spiraling mad in his laboratory. And then you have this song playing, like this random needle drop that is <laughs> it's louder than the sound they did for his his the levels they did for his voice. So the singer is just a go in and you have to like strain to hear Eddie as he's losing it in the lab. And I was like, Who's, what was the choice? Who decided this was the thing? Why is the music so loud? Mm-hmm. Does the show usually have music in it? That's not score. Very occasionally. Very. Good. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Did you say it's usually good? No, yeah. I'm sorry. Not to be rude to that artist. It's not the song. I meant usually plays no, it's well. Just, <laughs> it's <just> funny. <laughs> oh we needed his laugh um yeah it felt kind of out of place like that song absolutely would slay the right scene and it was pretty cool again the blue diamond lit up as the lyrics i guess that's why they call it the blues was playing in the background um so again very very on the nose but i mean like it worked it it served its purpose it was just a little bit taking you out of the moment if you know what I mean and then it actually it was building up to the, the grand finale as Eddie opened the portal and he had that look and then it just cut off it's like why did we build up to that for no reason where, where were we going with that I have it a just... question sure is there a cliffhanger going into the series finale or like is there any like any any questions anything where like we need answered like technically yes <laughs> <laughs> Why I'm, committing, I'm committing to watching the series finale with you guys oh my goodness that's oh, so exciting oh it is exciting i mean i don't know if you care about the villainous speedsters but i mean they're coming back obviously mm-hmm. by the crystal so that's like what the cliffhanger would be like if you weren't aware of that knowledge you'd be like oh my god zoom and thon and 
Savitar, and I think there was like one other person that's escaping me um, for whatever reason was like lit up in the Godspeed, in the wasn't it? Godspeed, there we go. Um, they'll probably just put, they'll have a standing in a suit playing that role, probably. I could see that, I, but that's it. Like, they, oh, in waiting for the babies, which they forgot about this episode, so that's it. Sweet. Um, mm-hmm. I'm excited. Yeah, that was at <laughs> the very end of it. Eddie opened the wormhole. He's taking the blue diamond. He's going to become the avatar for the negative speed force. And somehow he's going to bring back all of the major speedster villains from the show's run, which that's exciting. We're going to see the reverse flash, zoom, avatar, all of them again. But yeah, it's doing everything that it should be. This storyline is hitting all the beats that it should be. We're going to have the big showdown next week that we should and I'm not feeling as much from it as I wanted to. I don't know whether it's just a very bad storytelling technique, the aging that didn't make any sense, the fact that we didn't know whether Eddie was in 2049, and we we pegged it last week because of the 2049 graphic in the background, but show never told you where he was in. That captain that was helping him in the last episode, she was essentially a main character in the last episode. She got sucked into a wormhole at the start of this and died. Um, <laughs> oh, no. I don't mean to laugh. Oh, my God, I didn't. I laughed. Oh, it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> It's a little funny. Uh, like he just gets he gets angry, and then the wormhole opens, and then she gets pulled out like a tornado is happening, and then that's the end of her. And Nora, who has been taken over by the negative speed forest, just absolves Eddie of guilt. She's like, "Oh, what? you didn't mean that to happen," and that was just <laughs> enough for him not to care that a woman is dead. He just went, "Oh, you're right. I didn't mean it to happen. Let's continue talking about your mom." And then. We, so Sabrina correct me if I'm wrong is the speed force alive or dead she showed up at the start speed force Nora screamed like there was no tomorrow and then disappeared and now they say they have no connection to the speed force if they defeat the negative speed force will she come back well see that part doesn't quite make sense because why would they have connection to the speed force you need Barry to let you know if she's okay or not I'm right. assuming that she's fine because Barry sped away this and is true if he didn't he wouldn't be able to use his powers if she was gone. I think they, she did tell Iris that she wouldn't be able to hold a corporal form because somehow the negative speed force is attacking her on the astral plane. So she, yeah, that is just what's happening, Reed. They, that, that's what words. she told Iris. <laughs> if, if Michelle Harrison is not playing Barry's mom or Joan Garrick, She's just showing up as a speed force to be in pain 24-7. They have no not peace. used yeah, no, no peace whatsoever. Um, to think this woman was the season seven villain, what what they've put her through now. But yeah, I, I hope the speed force survives. I don't really know what to feel going into the finale. I, 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 this is what I fear. The series finale will probably be a phenomenal episode of television. And yet none of what was leading up to it will have been worth the journey. Mm, I, I feel the same way. I just don't. I think it's because we keep taking detours, right? And so they have to, presumably they're not getting a two-hour finale. I feel like that would have been announced. So the things that we have left to wrap up is Cecile's feelings on the fact that she has not moved to the country, even though it doesn't look like the country, with her daughter and Joe, which was a plot point in this episode for reasons that did not need to be there. I mean, we detoured, we were looking for Barry and then she couldn't do it anymore because she got an out of context comment about how she hasn't been to the farm only twice. She's only been twice in that year. Okay. Then we have the babies 
well, the baby, Nora, I keep saying babies because I'm hoping for the twins, but Iris is in labor, so we'll probably get that either in the middle of the episode or towards the end of the series finale. Um, we have to defeat Eddie, Chester, and Allegra have to do one more romantic moment. Keon has to decide if she's going to fly up into the atmosphere or travel the globe instead of being a part of Team Flash. We have one last chance to see if Cisco is going to be here, which presumably not, because I feel like Carlos would have said something. And then Mark has to do something mm-hmm. in 45 minutes. God that there's no retrospective. Yes. Forgot about that part. We are... This is again why this is a doomsday pod. They do not care about us. <laughs> they just <laughs> do not. There is too much going on. We went into that for only 40 minutes of television. Um, but it all doesn't seem like super high stakes. No, it doesn't. We're gonna have only to two walk. of those things seem like they're big deals. Right. No Yo, but that's the problem, though. You know, rightly, the other ones are going to get more screen time. Um, Chilblain, who single-handedly betrayed Barry three or four times in the most recent episode, was like, gotta find him. I just realized how much I love that guy. And you're like, are you for real? <laughs> I don't care. I'm so um, excited to watch the finale. <laughs> <laughs> me just, too for not for the, not for the right reasons <laughs> i'm excited for the the villainous speedsters and for um is it well close your ears if you don't want to hear this spoiler uh and for bart i i want to see bart one last time um presumably he's in it i know that uh oh, what is this actor's name lord help me jordan jordan fisher is, mm-hmm. was was on set so he is supposed to be oh that's good because i wasn't sure because i know there were photos from the actual speedster war or whatever that goes down at the end now you have barry in the most boring t- lineup of team flash in history with nora and uh versus all the speedsters and like team flash doesn't stand a chance but of course they'll win whatever um but uh <laughs> i don't I, I don't think jordan was on set for that shot but i mean if he's there brilliant that's good because we're not explaining where he is if he wasn't in the final episode what were we doing were we just maybe he was just hanging out with candace now i haven't i'm and you know what bar in hell i just don't <laughs> 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 the bar is that low i just can't know thoughts and prayers for the series <laughs> <laughs> we have to go to nancy she's here to save the day we we're on the bus to horseshoe bay <laughs> yeah. yes this is bus i hope that yeah (laughs) um so uh initial reaction to season season four trailer to me it felt more like a tv spot so Mm -hmm. i'm actually more excited for what's going to happen based on the synopsis for the season rather than the trailer itself but it does look nicely shot and it looks like it's going to be an interesting season if you go through they pack a lot in there in those 30 seconds like when it was finally uploaded to YouTube, that's some slight shade. Um, I went like frame by frame, like kept pausing it to see, to like be able to see the things that were flying by so quickly. And there's so many, like, it seems so, I mean, this is a supernatural show, but it seemed like so much more supernatural than ever. Mm-hmm. Like we had skeletons in wedding dresses and we had uh, weird stranger things creatures and spiders and portals <laughs> there, was so, there was so much going on so i i'm looking forward to seeing how that all goes down and it, it like you said it does look real like the cgi and everything looks really good mm-hmm. 
yeah i didn't love the trailer because like you said it was more of a tv spot as soon as i seen it i was like this is going to urge her in the flash or superman and lois everything not exactly how a final season trailer should be unveiled but everything in it looks great i'm very excited for the season the um uh, bony zombies standing up and then like falling and collapsing looks hilarious um nancy seems to get frightened by something which looks amazing don't love the spiders but eager to see what they do with it <laughs> um yeah all looks really really good um I, I, it's so exciting to finally know more about season four because i know we were manifesting the trailer last week um yeah, I'm, re- I'm ready for one more journey with Nancy. I, if, if we've learned anything from this pod, we'll take anything that's familiar. And I can't wait to see how it all ends. I have yeah. no, like, theories about anything that I saw. Mm-hmm. Like, I know fans have been running wild with, like, theories about, like, what certain things mean. and But I'm watching it and I'm like, I couldn't even begin to guess what this means. Mm-hmm. Like, this, like, the clip of Nancy and Ace standing facing each other and then there's like that black smoke coming out of their chests and like intertwining mm-hmm. into the air and if you pause it you can see Bess in the background just giddy like she <laughs> is smiling beaming thrilled so like I want to like I want to know that's the kind of stuff that I'm curious about but I'm not even gonna guess I'm like I can't I'm not gonna say like oh Bess did that because we don't know what that is but also if you pause that Nick is in the background slightly shook I'm not going to read into that either. And I paused on another clip and it seemed like George cut her hair. Little Bob. I don't know if anybody else got that. I didn't. But I did. (laughs) (laughs) It does look like a fun season and it looks like there's a lot happening in it. Which I mean, we we know that the writer is the standard if the show is always going to be strong. I, I, I sound so ungrateful considering this is one of the only pieces of good news we had on this. I just wish that we it got a better trailer rather than Longer. a TV spot. It deserved more. It, if, it deserves a, even any show deserves a final season trailer to that kind of tease. We know the flash got multiple in the months leading up to it. The fact that they waited so long and then just sent out your run of the mill TV spot, and regardless of whether they did, they do weekly trailers, you know, this trailer is going to end up constantly being shown throughout the show's run, just as the package of the season kind of TV spot. That's it. I feel like it deserved better than that. But again, my faith is in the show. It looks fun. Trailer is a generous term. This is a teaser. Like Mm -hmm. it doesn't tell you anything about the story. It just gives you moments to look forward to. And I don't think we're going to get anything else. I think this is it. Mm. Mm, That's a bummer. And I say that because like in terms of Nace Watch, I felt like with this being the final season and how much that synopsis was talking about both of them yearning for one another and uh, potentially having other partners at some point in the in the first half of the season, we sort of pandered mm-hmm. just a bit more. I mean, they're in it, like like the like the scene you mentioned, Reed, uh, and there are like shots where it seems like Ace is in the frame with her. There is a exclusive on TV line uh, where they're facing one another, and Nancy's in this flower crown and this dress, which is giving like. I don't know, like we're about to do some type of ritual, not together, but just in general, like we're about to, or it's like a, May, a spring festival of some kind. She looks great. And that looks like it's going to be a emotional moment, most likely. But fans did wait for a really long time. This is supposed to be the end all be all ship of the show. And while the show isn't just about that romance, they made a big deal in the season three finale about it being star-crossed lovers, tragic romance. We have to somehow get back to each other. So you, I felt like they should have done that or something akin to that in the trailer. Mm-hmm. 
no one want me know about CW. They should have been leaning into this more, but it, it just it feels like the new CW has an obligation to earn the season, and that is exactly what they're going to do. That on the surface, that's all we're getting. Um, yeah, I'm excited for the content. I just think they could have handled it, the promotion off it a little bit better. Speaking of the content, um, there is the one clip in the trail the teaser. I'm teaser. not even called a trailer anymore. You're right. Um, where Nancy is holding a man in her arms oh, and, yes. she's, and she's saying like you're not gonna die tonight mm-hmm. something to that effect I'm sure someone will correct me um <laughs> in that scene <laughs> she was giving Bitsy to me Bitsy Tullock she was mm. really like and then in that moment like I was like envisioning them playing sisters or mother and da- something I was like suddenly I needed them to be acting yes. together oh, because yes. they are the main characters of this podcast yes <laughs> <laughs> And it's only natural that they work together in the future. Because I don't know, it, I never, we praise Kennedy so often, but I had never um, put two and two together until that scene, how similar their um, acting abilities are. And that's a very high compliment because they're two of the greatest actresses to ever be on this network. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I watched that scene and I was like, okay, Bitsy, I see you. <laughs> Oh, I would love that. And I feel like you've spoken that out into the universe. Mole, if you have anything left, take Mole, it back. You're still on the clock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and we should end it there with a manifestation for Bitsy and Kennedy to be in a project together. Film, TV show, not picky. Just be in a project mm-hmm. together. Yeah, a TikTok, anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, that is it for this week's pod. Checking one more time to see if we got any type of renewal news or cancellation news from the CW. And we did not. So that is it. We are the CW Spiral. I'm Sabrina. I'm Michael. I'm Reed. Bye, y'all.